Good morning. Welcome to our Sunday morning uh, time together. It's good to know and have a Saviour who isn't limited by space or time. But when we meet separately, we are united with Him and with one another. And it's a tremendous source of strength to us. This morning I want to look at another uh, few individual scriptures. Uh, this is the third week doing this, and it will be the uh, the last one, I think. Um, I've become aware that life is full of decisions that we have to take. Some decisions are easier, some are hard. Some you'll ask somebody, and they'll be very decisive and quick to give you the answer. But ask them a question from a different subject, different area, and they'll hesitate, and they'll um and ah and question. Uh, with, before making any decision whatsoever. And we, as believers, need to know the direction that we're going in in order to make decisions that will enhance our walk with the Lord and make us more obedient and, and fruitful. Um, often you'll hear parents giving children a choice of what they, they can eat for a meal. And the children don't know what they want and the parents want them to, to, to say so that they can get them just what they want. And uh, when the meal comes, if the children don't like it, it's their fault because that's what they chose. Uh, a choice is made under pressure, reluctantly, and never good ones. Choices that are going to be good are ones that have been considered and are definite and real. And of course the complication comes when we're thinking about choices in following the Lord where faith, hope and love come into those situations and how we can follow on. So with that in mind, I want to look at the first scripture that I have this morning. And, and uh, uh, the scriptures make it clear that we should take life a day at a time. Sufficient is the day, uh, uh, is the evil thereof. and as your days are to be. And Lord, give us our daily bread. And Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, very, very famous uh, scripture that we know so well, in verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus was talking about the things that we need, clothes, food, etc etc and and he's saying don't worry about them don't worry that you've not got the latest gear or you don't fit in with everybody else those things aren't important but seek first the kingdom of God what would God do in every situation that we face each day what would be the righteous thing to do the righteous choice to make and he says, if we seek God first and his righteousness, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us. And that's a decision we need to make. That when we get up in the morning, we talk to the Lord. Before you say good morning uh, to anyone else that you know, talk to the Lord. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Just pray that prayer, Lord. 
Be with me today. Take me to the people I need to be with. Give me the words to speak to them. Help me to be prompted by your spirit. Show me the way you would have me to go. And if we place God first in our lives and focus on him, he will help us to find everything we need to overcome obstacles, to know the direction that he's taken us in. And don't be afraid to do things differently. Break with tradition. Um, each uh, Sunday morning for the past um, three months, I suppose, uh, Marjorie and I have walked around usually to see Brenda and have a bit time of fellowship with Brenda and a little prayer with her. And uh, and then we, we come away back home and, and get in there. We, we, we follow pretty much the same path each time. But something strange happened last Sunday. As we walked away from Brenda's, instead of turning left to go to us, Point Percy Road, I just said, let's go straight ahead today, Marge. And she said, yeah, let's. And we walked up and there was somebody coming down and we walked into the road to keep a social distance in there. But as we got closer, the person coming the other way was somebody who we haven't seen at church for uh, quite some time. And it was great to see them. And we just chatted and, and it was, it was really, really nice. And I've just continued to pray for them and see where they come. But if we hadn't been responsive to that inclination to go a different route, to go a different way, we would have missed that opportunity to speak. And we need to seek first the kingdom of God, listen for his voice, follow his direction, and he will lead us into places that can become fruitful. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, very, very well-known verse. Again, everybody, uh, most not everybody perhaps, but most people would know the story. And, uh, and the Lord is saying, have I not commanded you? This is to Joshua. He's taking over from Moses. He's going to be leading the children of Israel. And, and, and God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Just today we had some visitors come to, to see us and uh, and he mentioned this this verse uh, and, 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 and he just put a, a twist on it that I'd never really considered before. Joshua's response here was that he would follow the Lord and would go with the Lord. But there was a, a young woman who was a prostitute, made her money immorally, and she lived in, in a city there. And when Joshua said yes, he would follow God's direction, her life began to change because God would use her to deliver the city of Jericho into the hands of the children of Israel. She would marry one of the spies that went out and she would bear a child. And through that lineage, through that genealogy, Jesus Christ would be born. The decision that Joshua made brought a new life and a new destiny for another human being. And when we make decisions, when we follow the commands that he's given to us, we will be increasingly fruitful. Have I not commanded you, he's saying. How many things has the Lord told us to do, but we've neglected to do them? 
How many things has he told us to do, but we're not getting on with them? It could be practical things sometimes, jobs around the house. Why are those shelves not being put up yet? Oh, well, it's never the right time. Why is that that window lock not working properly? Well, because it's not been put right yet. But we need to be strong. We need to be courageous. We need to get rid of fear. We need to get rid of, 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 of dismay. And we need to follow the Lord wherever he goes. If we do that, we will be strong. We will be fruitful. We will know the hand of God upon us. Have I not commanded you? Yes, he's commanded us. Let's prayerfully resurrect those commands that he's given to us and put them into practice. Live them out. Follow that dream of knowing him with us every step of the way. Psalm 40 begins with these words. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. There's very vivid imagery there that gives us a real picture. And it's like a, a picture of the pressure that sometimes life can put us under. It can grind us down. It can make us feel weak and helpless. And and sometimes we just need to flex our our faith muscles and, and, and just push on into where the Lord wants us to go. But the psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. There's a a song that's uh, a psalm that says, Be still and know that I am God. And I believe that this is what's happening here. I waited patiently for the Lord. Not necessarily waiting for him to arrive. Not necessarily waiting for him to point a direction. But just waited for him. I waited patiently for the Lord. And we need to do that. To give time. To, to be real. Sometimes we get lazy. What's our posture when we pray? Do we just sit in a chair and close our eyes and pray? Do we lie on our beds and pray? Do we kneel in our closet and pray? Just think about the posture that you have when you pray. Is there an urgency about it? Do you find that you've got to get your face down and just plead to the Lord? Do you find that you need to lay before him and just ask him to just come and take you and use you? But whatever it was, the psalmist waited for the Lord. And he goes on, he inclined to me and heard my cry. That's what the Lord does. He, he looks for that sincerity. He looks for that passion. He looks for that desire. And that's where he wants to be with people who have a faith that they want to put into practice. And he will incline towards us. He will hear our prayer. He will recognize our desire. He will bless us. It says, he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. Life is just sucks us down at times. And, and we just need the Lord to lift us out of those situations and put us in that heavenly place where we are able to follow his direction, see what he's, where he's leading, see what he wants to do. 
He says, he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. By waiting patiently, not because they had time on their hands, but because they were in a difficult place. Not because it was a spiritual thing to do, or the religious thing to do, but because it was expedient, if faith was to be enacted, to wait on the Lord, ignoring all of the uh, sources of, of encouragement or discouragement, and focusing on him, and he will lift us out of the miry blood of circumstance. He will lift us from the pit of destruction and give us new life. It says he will set our feet upon a rock, a firm foundation, and will make our steps secure. The end of the verse is saying that we will be moving on. Wait patiently, and then you'll be able to move on, because the Lord will make the difference. Two more verses again. A very well-known chapter, Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Dealing with life can be scary, it can be awkward, but this verse reminds us that God's on our side and that we have nothing to fear. The strength will come from him and we can weather the storm by putting our faith and trust in him. Fear not, for I am with you. I mean, that's a, an Old Testament scripture, but it's got the, 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 the name of God there. God with you. Fear not, for God is with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Don't be miserable. Don't be negative. Don't be grumbling. Come on. He says, because I am your God. I am your God, the creator of the universe, the one who can point us up a different route because that's the way he wants us to go, the one who can communicate to us. He is our God. And he says, I will strengthen you. We can feel weak, we can feel worn out, we can feel that we're at the end of our tether, but strength will come from the Lord. Strength will come, and it will be spiritual strength, and it can be and will be physical strength too. I will help you, he says. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The hand of God is upholding us, so that we needn't fear. And we can face life, we can move on. There are people that we will get talking to and, and we, we, we need to have something from God to share with them. And we can let them know that through Christ Jesus, God can be with us, that he can help us and he can be with them and he can help them. We are the messengers who bring good news, good news of a saviour who is real and practical and can change lives. Psalm 34, uh, verse 18. This is the last scripture uh, for this meditation anyway. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Have you ever had your heart broken? It's a momentary thing often. Life goes on and we go on with it. Other times it can be life-changing. 
and there's a hurt that maybe gets easier in time, but sometimes not so. But it tells us here that God is near the brokenhearted and saved the Christian spirit. No matter how desperate we are, no matter how far we've fallen, no matter how painful the, 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 the words and the actions of other people have been to us, God is near us. He is close by. He is wanting us to turn to him and let him have his way. He saves the crushed in spirit. Life can grind people down. It can just weigh heavy on them. But he's saying, I'm here. I'm near. Put your trust in me and let me make the difference. He can save. He can heal. He can set free. He can liberate our very souls and spirits that we live for him in ever-increasing strength and conviction. God loves us. He just looks for faith. And if he sees the smallest bit of faith reaching out to him, he just is desperate to respond to that because it means so much because it's an acknowledgement of his presence and he will draw near us, he will strengthen us, he will heal us and he will set us on that path to glory. Bless his name. Just before I pray regarding communion next week, I may well be looking at some scriptures in Lamentations. I can't ever remember preaching from Lamentations before. So it might be interesting to have your Bibles ready um, for next week. So we'll see how many remember. Uh, and we'll see whether I do actually get something from Lamentations. As we just have bread and wine this morning, whether it is a nice uh, red wine and some um, some flatbread, or whether it's just a, a biscuit and some water, it doesn't really matter as long as we remember Christ and we remember what he's done for us. So I just want to pray as we partake of these emblems and then just pray for God's blessing on us this week. Lord, I thank you for your death on Calvary. I thank you for the price that you paid for our salvation and our liberation and our sanctification. And I pray that as we partake of this bread, as it represents your body, that we are taking you anew within us, that we are acknowledging our dependence upon you and our faith in you, and pray that that bread, that spiritual food, will flow to us and strengthen us. Bless this in your name, Lord. And when we think of Calvary, we remember your shed blood. I just pray that as we partake of this emblem representing your blood, that we will again feel and know the freedom that only comes from knowing you. Pray, Lord, for your blessing upon each one of us and that we will look for your purposes in all that we do. Lord, as we start this new week and we look forward, we pray again for our nation. We pray that uh, the Christians who have 
struggled through this time will rise up in faith. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to know your purposes and follow your leading. I pray that we will recognize your voice and obediently follow that path, trusting entirely in you. Fill us with your power from on high. Come, Holy Spirit. Each person listening to this right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will fill them with your presence and your power. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit and you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.